played a little bit of golf a couple times a year for the last like 18 years, but I grew up playing baseball. So I've always had this like tendency to open up my shoulders like away from my target and like opening up my body. And um, so I've always had like a huge power slice. So that's what I've been trying to work on, trying to like get my backswing and stuff more vertical and having my, you know, my club face, my hands and my shoulders go more towards you know, the target. So my score hasn't changed that drastically, but I am, yeah, I'm, I'm playing such better golf and like hitting the ball so much better uh, just in the last like two months than I have my whole life. Wow. That's awesome. Look You're right. Guy. You're right on playing. He's right on playing. He's ready. He's ready for the tournament. Welcome to Good Lines Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman, and this weekend's going to be a fun one. Got a little Father's Day, got a little My Birthday, got a little golf in Connecticut, you know what I'm saying. Got a little Zach Grossman across the way there. He had a great week. Shot a little 73 to qualify at uh, North Fork Country Club in Kutchog, New York. He qualified for the Ike Stroke Play event. Hello. Baltusrol, New Jersey, June 27th and 28th. My man's going. Congrats. And then Brendan Lawson, who's just playing the golf of his life right now. Lights out, swing on point, everything aligned. My man found it, woke up, and now he's here. Welcome to Good Lies Golf. Cheers. Yeah, Brendan, your swing's just looking phenomenal. I think you could be tour bound here shortly. Yeah. Ready Speaking of tour bound, I think Justin Rose could have used your swing on the last hole there at the RBC. <laughs> One shot off the 59, just uh, spewed up on himself, you know, a little spit up on that last hole there. Tough yep. break, tough, tough break for the man. But 60, what a, round. what a round, 10 under par, beautiful go. Yeah. And uh, a lot of good play out there. Is that how you feel right now? So am I also going to go pro and singing? Yeah, I think you're going to go pro and singing quite shortly after you Sick. just uh, basically. Me you could be a dual sport type of guy, sport and sing. There was a little, there was some, there was some uh, golf to be had there this weekend. Looked like a fun time. There was. The course looked great. The course looked beautiful. It was glorious. I've got a question for you guys. With all the lo- the relatively high scores that happened in the first three rounds, what was up with that final round and the super low scoring that happened? Uh, you got me, man. I think the I lot think of everyone was just, just went hard. A lot of guys went six to eight under par final round, and you got Justin Rose at the top there with ten under. Rory birdied his last two. You think it was pin placements? You think it was the course setup? Maybe they moved some tees around. You think they wanted it like that? I'm I'm sure they wanted a little fun. They wanted they wanted a battle down the stretch. They wanted a little shift, a shootout. I think they were. I think all those guys were just juiced up on maple syrup. <laughs> it could have been a sugar high. You're just absolutely could have been a sugar high. Just shaking uh, over it, over it. That's why. That's why Justin. <laughs> That's why Justin Rose bogeyed the last hole because he had the jitters. 
He needed the maple a little, he needed, syrup. Yeah, he's like a granola bar or something. They should have got he that guy. He was coming something. down. Mm. That's the caddy move right there. That's a, that's the caddy's fault. You got to get that guy a granola bar when he's feeling low blood sugar. Get him a you banana. Get him a banana, man. You just got a mainline some maple syrup. Is that just it? Right there on the seventeenth green, walking off, walking over to the eighteen tee box. Just, just hit the tap. You know what I mean? Just mainline some maple syrup. Do you yeah. think they have a syringe of maple syrup waiting for every player at the end of the round? I think so. I think you have to take a shot of it before you leave. That's what you get for the RBC. Wouldn't doubt it. But congratulations to the winner. Congratulations, Rory. I mean, Rory McIlroy. It's been a little bit. We're happy to see you back in the winner's circle. Right? I feel like he just did this one where he came and it was like, you know what, I'm just going to come here and just win this one real quick and then kind of prep myself for the major. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if he can do it again this week. Yeah. He did the same thing, too, with the uh, players and the PGA. He Both those big tournaments. He did a little... Right. Right beforehand, he threw a little round in there and got his little warm-up in. Did he peak too early? Did he peak too early. Rory? Yeah. Did he win yesterday and now all the buzz is gone? I don't know, dude. I mean, Two he's been ago, playing really well for a while. He just hasn't gotten a W. You know what I love that Matt Fitzpatrick said is that Rory, when he's on, is the best player in the world. And I totally yeah. agree with that. Mm. He's just not on that often, too. but he has the most epic game. He can hit those high draws, 330, carry, roll out to 360. And his Nuts. putter, when his putter gets hot, there's, not, there's no one like him. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely no one. He's not, uh, he's not the biggest guy. He's not... Comp, uh, he is the most confident in a in a quiet way. Yeah. But uh, also Justin Thomas, I heard he said Rory is one of the most humble people given all of what he's accomplished in right. his game. Right. Over the years. Probably because he's a family man and he's he's accomplished a lot and he and he understands. You know. Yeah. And you also have guys like Brooks Kepka who have accomplished a sim- similar amount. Maybe Kepka's perform better in majors overall compared to Rory, but Rory has won a lot more than Kapka has. Yeah. And he just stays so level and even keel and he's just he seems like a great genuine guy. I, who I who agree. doesn't who's never bringing up his own accomplishments when he's around you. And that's impressive. Real G's move in silence like lasagna. Lil Wayne said that. Did you guys see how <laughs> pissed off Kepka was getting during his press conference for the US Open? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He kept asking him about the LIV tour, and he was just <laughs> like, dude, I'm I'm here for the, I mean, he didn't say this, but basically in his mind, he's like, I'm tired of fucking talking about this. I just want to play U.S. Open. Let's talk about the U.S. Open. <laughs> it was, think uh, he's, it was pretty he's, funny. You think he's pissed he might win it? Dude, I, I, we're with the way he's been playing and the way his game's been lately, I would be surprised if he won it. But at the same time, I mean, this guy's scoring with regards to U.S. Open is probably the best all time. So I guess with that in mind, maybe I wouldn't be surprised if you won it. He's like Tiger at the Masters. You can't really ever count him out. You got to throw in a little $2 bet. Yeah, he he's one of the best players with a chip on his shoulders. Him, JT. Jim oh, Furyk. Jim Furyk. <laughs> Dude. I think you're confusing Furyk, a chip man, with he, a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like a bird. <laughs> 
Oh. Hey, all I'll say about Furyk is he holds he has the lowest round in PGA history, and he has the second lowest round as as well. There's some other guys with that second low round, but 58 and 59, you got to give it out to Furyk, man. Hey, and not for nothing, Furyk this year, 10 for 11 on his cuts. Get out of here. Guys, come on. He's still playing golf. What a consistent golf. player. Champions League, he's still crushing it out. And he still comes in the PGA every once in a while. He'll be playing this week. And he's in Sherman's lineup. No. <laughs> he is not. But He's short um, and straight. You got to be. It'd be great if he's he went got, out there and did it. He's got the least straight, one of the least straight swings, one of the least straight moves, but the ball goes very straight. I remember one of the first times I like ever met Zach. I think how we connected is that we talked about Jim Furyk and like how bad his swing was and how upset Zach was that his swing was so bad. <laughs> Zach was like, why does he swing like this? I don't oh, understand. Like he it's just so swings loopy. like this. And he hits it nowhere, but <laughs> it's it's the least efficient move, but it's also the most efficient cuz he hits it so so damn straight. Yeah. Oh man. Jimmy, hope you do good this Hilarious. week, buddy. Good luck. Good luck, Jim. I'll throw a dollar on you. 1 dollar on Jim Furyk. Respectable. So, really RBC old history. Congrats to Rory. Notable yeah. players, obviously. There was a couple players that really came in close. But, you know, we're not talking about mm-hmm. that. We're going to shift because this is a big week. This is a major week, okay? This is a major week. It is. So we don't talk about the live golf last week. Yeah, exactly. Charles Charles who? Charles, Charles Schwartzel. No. You have no business on in this podcast. Charles? Yeah. Yeah. Charles. Charles. Yeah. Charles. Hey, Charles. It's Charles. It's Charles. Charles. Majors are the best time of the year here in golf. We all love them. This one specifically has so much significance because of where it's being played. One of the most famous courses in the country. One of the original five PGA courses. Founding member courses. Uh, We're looking at the country club here in Brookline, Massachusetts. And let me tell you, it's a beast. A 7,264-yard par 70. It's insane. It's a long, very long course. Yeah, very Thick, long. rough. Thick, rough. Narrow fairways. Narrow fairways. Tiny, tiny greens. Tiny greens. Like you're literally Overall. playing at Sag Harbor. You're going to Sag Harbor, and you're playing golf with these greens. Sag Harbor's, some might call Sag Harbor the, the sister course to the country club at Brookline. Yes, I would say that's a very Not many, <laughs> but some may call it that. <laughs> it's very accurate. All four people. All, all four people, people would yeah. call it that. And I think you're right. It's Go. a behemoth of a course. It really is. It's Go brutal. Bonner. Zach knows a little thing or two here about Brookline Country Club in Massachusetts, don't you there, Zach? Oh, yeah. I, uh... Oh, yeah. You caddy the Pro-Am here, right? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you could call it a Pro-Am. Some call it the U.S.-Am. Yeah, it was um, the U.S.-Am. Hello. In 2013, I caddied for my buddy Sam Bernstein. And we were walking around. We saw Matt Fitzpatrick. Before wow. his win, before his win that week. Yeah, he won he that was, week. He was a very young man. You might even say his plums were still preparing to drop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of great players in the field that week. Patrick Rogers, Michael Kim, a lot of great young amateur players that I got right. to see growing up in their late high school or college days. And it played a lot different then. It played tough. Played long. There was a lot of thick rough, but this week is going to be something totally different. Gil Hans has come in. 
and yeah. totally renovated the course. There are a lot of He's your the, boy. Gil Hans if, if you haven't heard of Gil Hans, then you don't you really haven't been playing or listening to much golf because this guy has renovated virtually every golf course on the planet right now, at yeah. least in the country. Yeah, he's going and hard. He's probably going to be remembered as the best architect of our time. Yeah. He's renovated the best courses in the in the country for sure. I mean, he went into South Fork, your home course there, and did a little... Yeah, you know, South Fork might not be on that list of greatest courses. No, but I'd still say it's a great little But you got... We're fresh off the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. Gil renovated that course. Yeah. He renovated the Country Club. He's renovated so many different courses, and it's really a testament to his work ethic that he's able to find time and delegate and get enough people that can work with him and can understand his vision. Yeah, but what makes it so significantly different, do you, uh, like from Gil's redesign than the old architect? So I would say that Gil has come in and he's made it a lot more modern. He's done a good job to accentuate what all of the great architects who have designed this course, there's there's 10 architects that yeah. have had their hand in this yeah. in these three nine it's an old courses. Club. Yeah. Probably the most famous though is William Flynn who designed the Primrose 9 mm. which has three holes on this 18 hole yes. composite layout and he also designed Shinnecock which is probably the most famous course where we live on the yes. east end of Long Island here. Yeah. So you've got two major championship US Open caliber golf courses that this relatively quieter architect i would say william flynn has designed you have the most famous guys cb mcdonald aw tillinghast seth rayner donald ross pete Dye. william flynn is every bit as great as those architects he just wasn't quite as prolific right. he didn't he didn't have the flash he didn't have that many courses that he designed but the ones that he did he had huge impact and they turned out to be the, to stand the test of time yeah so yeah good Something on him said about that and it's really exciting that gil hans was able to come in and we'll see this week really interesting shit you just threw out there honestly some of that stuff i, I had no idea about um which is pretty cool but no, the one thing that I was, I was going to say is the that par three that you're talking about is actually the 11th hole. And it's like this drop par three. You can't see the green because the tee's elevated. You're hitting down to this green, and it's only 131 yards. But I really think it's going to play a lot more difficult than what that sounds like. I mean, if you look at pictures of this thing or even videos of it, this green, it's almost like a little island green the sides of it fall off into into that deep rough and then the bunkering around it those things are monsters man so i could i could certainly see some of these guys that are hitting these you know soft wedges or flip wedges into there you know if they if they miss on that shot it's going to turn into a quick 4 or 5 real easily so i don't think it's going to play as easy as as some people think but even with that man every other one of these holes are they're just so unique. I mean, you have things that are called chocolate drops. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sure that drops, you know yep. about chocolate Ooh. drops, but there's going to be times where 
guys hit shots that they think are really good and they walk up and it's on the side of one of these chocolate drops, which is essentially like a big grass mound and they're going to have super awkward lies. I even saw some videos of some caddies out there doing some walkthroughs and they're dropping balls onto the fairways in the middle of the fairway. And just because of the contour of it, the ball ends up rolling out down this huge mound into the rough almost 20 25 yards away and then the same thing happens he walks another five five to ten feet up the fairway drops another ball in the middle and it rolls all the way down into the water so it's really going to come down to guys being super precise and accurate and uh yeah i I think it's going to be really fun week but it's going to be brutal for these guys yeah i mean like you were saying that there's four par threes they range anywhere from 130 something to like 215. It's honestly, it's the, the number 13 is weird because it's the green hitting off another green, basically. It's a weird combination there because it's part of the Primrose course and it was combined. So that's, I think that, uh, that it's going to be calling for some weird golf. I think you're going to have to really get creative in your shots. And I think that's really going to, you know, put out a player like Justin Thomas, who's more like a shot shaper and kind of really can have that control. Or you're talking about maybe a person like a Kiz doing well here, can do a little accuracy around the approaches and have a more accurate game to get himself up there. I don't know. There's a couple of golfers I think in mind when I'm thinking of these like difficult courses, and this is definitely one of them. This is going to yeah. be a challenge. Spe- speaking to Kiz, I definitely think this is going to be a course where you can't bomb and gouge it. You, yeah. can't, you can't bomb it and expect to just be able to swing as hard as you can out of the rough with a wedge and get it up there close. We saw Bryson in 2020 at Wingfoot overpower the course with his driver and his wedge. True. Wingfoot is a very difficult test, but this is not going to be like that. Yeah. You're going to need to hit accurate shots, and it's going to be more of a strategic test. So playing to the fairways, the the dog legs, and avoiding rough is going to be really, really big, really important. Right, because this is not going to be. This is this is a course that doesn't give many scoring opportunities, so you really have to take advantage. No. And you... second smallest yeah. greens. Second smallest greens, second to Pebble Beach. That's it. Yeah, and, and a much much more difficult test than Pebble. And it's a strong emphasis, too, on the ball yeah. strike. Let's put, like, we can't, you know, can't, can't crap on about that. I mean, that's... Yeah, you, you have to be a good to ball green. striker here. You have to be. Yep, absolutely. So this is going to be yeah, that I kind of course. For sure. Even to your point with just, you know, with regards to trying to stay out of that rough and give yourself opportunities, I think the par 5 14th hole is a great example of that, 619 yards. But if you end up hitting your tee shot into the rough, just the, the layout of the hole, it's going to make you have to – to lay up that next shot so you could end up seeing guys hitting driver having to hit a wedge out of that that rough to lay up and then they're still hitting either a long iron or a three wood yeah. to try to get it back up uh onto that Absolutely. elevated green that's still 200 something yards away so i think it's going to be a really unique test for all these guys i'm super excited to see how it goes and i think the cream really is going to rise to the top this week yeah yeah now, do you think that, being said, Zach, some sleepers, do you think they'll be in the mix on the top 10? Or you think this is going to be truly like a champion's, like kind of like a champion's winner's circle at the top? I don't see a lot of sleepers contending here. I may eat my words, but I think this is going to be a top-tier event where you have the best ball strikers competing. Because 
A lot of the best ball strikers also have the best short games. Justin Thomas has one of the better short games on tour. Right. You have other guys. You've got John Rahm, winner from last year at at Torrey. Different test, but still similar. Rory. Rory. (laughs) Rory has a great short game when he's on. Yeah. And he's on. He's he's yeah he's on that's for damn sure. But then you got young guns no. hungry, hungry for them majors, Mr. Sam Burns. Yeah. Sam Burns, yeah, he's hungry, hot, absolutely, hungry. really well. Tony Finau, Tony Finau had a great week. You know he's coming in hot too. He's a great ball striker. He's big off the tee too. He's got the power. He could finesse something. He's got the power is the accuracy there. Yeah, I don't know. He could Russia. ask his boy Harold Varner. Man, damn, <laughs> that's him and him and Harold Varner. Varner. Hey, he. he he was in a little bit of contention there early on in the uh, RBC. Yo, I, I just wanted to throw this out there to you guys because I saw the stat and I thought it was pretty interesting. But in the last five U.S. Opens, the champions have gained 44.8% of their strokes on approach. So approach game and ball striking, to your guys' point, is going to be key to victory this week. That's it. Approachers. I mean, we have a lot of approachers. There's a lot of approachers, you know. We we have a Scotty who's who a very would, good who approacher. Who would you have? Co- who we would have you a... be comfortable approaching you? <laughs> I would I would feel comfortable uh, with anybody besides that guy that was in the LIV that hit that ball off the tee and it hit some guy in the head and like almost killed him. Aside from that guy, I'd rather be any other player besides that guy. Peter Uline, you son of guy? Titleist. Was that was that was it? Was it Peter Uline? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Poor Did guy. You see the guy that got, got this a week. lifetime oh, supply of tampons at fifty-four million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean this this uh, this course, man. It's just going to be an approach uh, course. It's just going to be yeah. tough holes. The layout is really difficult, and and you have a difficult start to it. The yeah. first four holes, you've got three par fours that are in that five hundred yard range. And the second hole is a par four for the members that's converted into a par three for the course, for the, the open. Right. So you have an opening dogleg left that has a 330-yard carry over these bunkers if you want to have a wedge in. But you don't have any real birdie holes until the fifth. And then after that, you know, you have the eighth, but you really only have two or three holes on the front nine where you're even considering birdie. Char almost feels like birdie on six of these holes on the front. So you really have to be on getting off to a just a par start is going to be huge for these guys. That's going to give you tons of confidence. And the third hole is called a crooked hourglass. It's got a really unique shape to it. It kind of pinches in at around 300 yards and your approach shot is going to be blind really no matter where you hit it on the fairway. There's Mm. a very slim window you can hit it into, but otherwise, right where it tapers into that hourglass, if you don't hit it right in that small section, you're going to have to hit over a mound to a green you can't see, and it's a 500-yard hole. So that's going to be a huge challenge for these guys. The blind blind tee shots and also blind approach shots or semi- inhibited you yeah. know so yeah that's going to be a huge challenge just trusting your shots hitting over mounds hitting over the rock on the yeah, fourth hole there's there's a there's a an alignment on the fourth where you can see over a rock and that's all you can see out there so right. it's got a bit of that irish link style feel a but mystery 
But yeah, there's there's so much trust that goes into hitting good shots on this course. You got to trust your swing and trust where you're aligned. So it's a big mental week. This is a big mental week. I mean, there's no stat for it, but which golfers kind of handle that mental pressure well? I mean, for that's sure. that's kind of who we should be looking into as well. And I read somewhere, oh, somebody talking about Patrick Cantlay, but then I laughed with Brendan's comment a few podcasts ago how he was talking about how bad he was in majors, and that's what all I was yeah. thinking about, and that's why he's not in my lineup this so week. So he'll but... probably win this week. Yep, so <laughs> Brendan, <laughs> Brendan reigns true. It's Patrick Cantlay. He's going to win it just because of Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're right, though, man. The, the mental game that this course is going to provide, I mean, you got to be a little fuck crazy, man. In order mm-hmm. to be successful here, yeah. I think I think Xander Shoffley was not even talking about this course was just the U.S. Open in general. He was saying that it's like a four day headache because you <laughs> just gotta it, it literally just wears you down from a mental strategy standpoint, and uh, it's it's really going to come down to those guys that you know they might hit a bad shot and put it in the rough, but it's about recovery and just moving on to that next shot because everyone's going to be making bogeys. It's just about limiting yourself um, on those, making sure you don't make a double because that's going to be really difficult to come back from because there's not going to be a lot of birdies out there to your point, Zach. For sure. What? So do you guys think we've got an over or under par winning score to this week? I think it's under, but I, I'd, I'd be surprised if it went past like five under. Three under. I like that. I'm going to go three under. Tough out there. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. These guys are the best. So one of them should shoot under par. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of them, right? One well, of them well I think like even when uh, I think when Bryson won at winged foot, I wasn't at six under. And I think he was the only guy that was actually under par. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah, that's it's incredible. It's really interesting how these tests weed out one person. Oh, you they know, expose your all your weaknesses. U.S. Opens, even the PGA, it really separates got the, even the best players in the world who are just slightly off from that one guy who has just the purest week of his life. Um, yeah, absolutely, and that's what it is. You really have to. It's a different type of golf. Major golf is different. It's a different breed. Like you said, there was kids that were born for this, that lived through this, that were Tiger Generation kids that felt this in their bones growing up, watching him win and fist pump and twirl clubs and do all this exciting shit. And they said, you know what? I don't care about these little events or these little whatevers. I care about the majors. So a lot of these guys just show up and come to play four times a year, count the other fifth, you know, four, fifth, you know, other fifth, six major, the the ones. But it's it's just crazy how this is, people really come up to play and and show out. And it like you said, it shows the difference between the elite, elite level golfer and the guy that's really fucking good at golf. It it, it shows right. a very good distinction of the two of those, like a Rory McIlroy who's just going to be elite for four days straight and just be on point and have epic comebacks and shots and great putting. There's just not a lot of guys out there that just can fully well-round everything and have that good of a score four days in a row. It's just, it's you know, it's difficult. Such a thin line. Yeah, man. Speaking of great golfers, I mean, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Francis we met. He's essentially the father of amateur golf going back to 1913, winning the U.S. Open as an amateur, basically being a nobody, coming out of nowhere, 
using his brother's hand-me-down clubs and the balls that he was finding around the course. <laughs> With the caddy that he pulled from the Dude. parking lot, like Happy Gilmore? Eddie. Yeah, Legend. exactly. <laughs> Exactly. No, I mean, it, what a story, though. Like, this dude literally grew up uh, in a house, I think it's right next to the 17th hole, so on the grounds of the course, finding balls that were, you know, hit wayward, and that's how he learned how to play the game. And then he ends up coming out in 1913 as nobody and ends up winning the, the U.S. Open against arguably the greatest golfer that was coming all, all the way over across the pond. It's crazy. Um, and it basically springboarded what we know as uh, golf in the U.S. for the most part. Nuts. Yeah, you don't see amateur golfers winning any tournaments, let alone major championships these days. Until they've met Zach Grossman. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I would throw it out there. Obviously, there were some li- liberties, but... You know, for for anyone that hasn't seen it, go and check out the greatest game that's ever played. Uh, it's a movie with Shia LaBeouf. It was a Disney film when he was a little younger, but really good film, and it tells the story about Francis we met. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a great cool. movie. Great movie, classic. And the thing that's really cool about it too, because I was hearing a lot of interviews of you know people going on the grounds, obviously this week, and they basically say that. Once you walk in, you go into the clubhouse, and once you're on on the course itself, it almost feels like you're back in you know 1913 or something like that. Like it still has that that same vibe and feeling. And uh, I don't think you get that a lot, a lot of other courses across the U.S. or right once they you know maybe you do over overseas, but it's, uh, yeah. just pretty unique and it's pretty cool. Like we were saying, a little preserved Irish golf. That's what it is. A little preserved history. Preserved history Irish golf. But segueing from that. This podcast is brought to you by the J Daily Diet Pill, consisting of 32 ounces of Diet Coke and 14 bags of crushed peanut M&Ms. They found a way to shove it all in a little tiny half-inch capsule. Now you can play golf exactly like JD. Get the J Daily Pill now, in stores at Costco, Kmart, and every other shitty big box store across the country. Cheers. Coming in hot here with the picks for the U.S. Open, the major in golf. We have Zach coming in first because he came in last place last week like a fucking loser. Boo. Total loser. Loser. Jeez. I, you guys are just that good. And <laughs> dude, Zach, what's I'm, your problem, man? I'm adequate, all right? You're adequate, man. Get better I'm at adequate. golf, dude. We're way better than you. I'm starting my picks off with a pretty adequate player, Ooh. Sam Burns. Wow, very he's not my winner, but he's been doing. He's been playing some great golf. Also, I'm go, I've got Tony Fino in my lineup, who's been playing some really consistent golf. Great ball striker, big man. He's good value this week, coming off a great finish at the RBC. Think he'll wear the salmon color. I hope he'll bring out. The, I love the salmon. salmon pink. I would eat eat some Tony Fino this weekend. Yeah, Denny McCarthy. Wow, a relative unknown. Hell of a putter. We, we know him. Oh, He's we been know doing him. well. He's been contending. His putting is for real. Absolutely. And a good young gun. Matt Fitzpatrick. I think he's a guy that we all it. we all have thought about for a little bit. Yep. Or maybe a while. Yeah. 2013 USAM champ coming yes. back to his home. One of the homes of golf. Hopefully he can get it done this week. Relative sleeper, but not so much a sleeper. I've also got Davis Riley. 
epic. Uh, he's been doing well. He's been very consistent, and his value is off the charts. Seven seventy three hundred. The chart value. He's been electric lately too. I mean, he's got like five finishes. straight top fifteens or better. Crazy. So consistent for a rookie. And my winner is not much of a surprise at all. Justin Thomas. Yeah, little JT. As, as respect. As Ryan's talked about, great shot shaper. You're going to need that out here. Yeah. And he's right off of a second place where he could definitely improve on it. He's a player that plays great golf with a chip on his shoulders, and I look for him to contend, hopefully win this week. Bam. There's my lineup. Sick. Fucking love that. Epic lineup. Damn. I, I love it, Zach. I'm, I'm looking at your lineup, and I'm, I'm a little worried. A little worried, Brandon's but I think worried. I got a good one here. <laughs> All right, Brandon, your I'll lineup. Kick, You're next because you also lost, which means I won this week, so shit on that, motherfuckers. <laughs> I got four wins now, right, chasing man. Zach. Give us your picks. Your lineup wasn't that good. All yeah, right, whatever, man. dude. You lost by five points. Get over it, you loser. With, Fucking loser. With got her up. Yeah, you and got he her down. You needed some Cialis or some <laughs> Hems product. <laughs> hems. All right. <laughs> some Hems. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick mine off. I'm going to go all the way back to the PGA Championship, who was my sleeper, who's no longer a sleeper anymore anymore because everyone knows who he is. <clears throat> a little Mito Pereira. Bam. Good pick. Oh, the Chilean. Like him. Yeah. Yeah, the Chilean. Ooh, I like him real. off the tee. He's good on approach. Great strokes gain total. And we talked a little bit about the rough. He's great scrambling from the rough. He's seventh on tour scrambling from the rough. So I like him. I think he's going to have a nice week. Moving along here, I got my boy, Sung Jay. This guy is wow. value is unbelievable right here. I'm telling you. Craziest value all week, Brendan. I'm just giving my pick early. I have him as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. Savant His value right is here. absolutely ridiculous this week. If you don't pick Sung Jay M, you're a fool. Sorry, I'm a fool. No Dude, offense, it's, ridic- it's ridiculous how low he is. Um, Crazy disrespectful. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to go Sungjae. Got to. Uh, we've been talking about him for a couple weeks now since he came back from his uh, little COVID hiatus. I think he's going to have a massive week this week. My next pick, I'm going a little Sherman Love here. I know Sherman loves this guy, and I feel like he's suited for this course just because it reminds me a little bit of a link style course. So I'm bringing this guy over from – the other side of the pond, I'm going a little Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, wow. wow. I'm so happy you picked him. Thomas. I know you would be. <laughs> I knew you would be, but he's got great around the green play. He's a great putter, and uh, he's 22nd on tour in strokes game total. So I think he'll have a nice week. It really just comes down to him uh, if he's able to hit those fairways because that's the one weak part of his game is his driving accuracy. So if he mm-hmm. puts it in the fairway, I think he's in contention. And he's been doing really, really well in some of those big competitions this this year with a lot of uh, top 15, top 10s. Wow. Yeah. From there, man, this is where it gets tough. I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with where, where Zach's at. I'm going to go Matt Fitzpatrick. I feel like you can't not pick him. I feel like this dude is suited for this course. He won the am- amateur in 2000, what was it, 2013, Zach? He's drenched in Correct history. Yeah. Soaked, <laughs> soaked in history. I mean, so, so if he if he's able to end up winning this this uh, week, that would be something unbelievable of an accomplishment for him, him to win the amateur and the U.S. Open. But you know, 
staying away from that storyline, I hope I'm not jinxing him, but across the board, he hits every statistical category you'd want for this course. Next, I got my boy, Will Zalatoris, man. I'm going a little Willie Zal here. Good pick. He comes to play for majors. I am a little afraid of the fact that he is not an accurate driver of the ball. But with that being said, he's got the driving distance. His approach game is first on tour. He's second in tee to green, 10th in strokes game total. I don't know. I feel like he's just one of those guys that when it, when it comes to a tough course, tough conditions, and the best players on tour, he always rises to the top and finds himself in contention. Mm. And lastly, man, my winner. I mean, I feel like I have to pick him at some point this year. He's in my lineup every single week. Shane Lowry. Wow. Picks him. Oh, I love Shane. Shane Lowry. Got to go with him, man. I mean, the dude has been balling out all year. He's ninth on tour in approach. He's great around the greens. Great putter. He's great tee to green. He hits every category you want. My only fear is I might be picking him uh, one major too early. I think he's really suited for the the Open, but I'm going with him this week. I like him. Bam. Fat Lowry, baby. That's it. Good picks. He's in. Lowry. Really good picks. All right. And then to end it all off, I guess I'll shit out my picks here. This is, this is a lot of pressure now because you guys basically just threw out half my picks in between your two lineups. So I went more bold here. Going to start it off with our boy, top-tier golfer Cam Smith. I'm bold. Cameron. I'm throwing him in there. I know he's not great off the tee, but I don't care. I think he's pissed that everybody's talking this smack. I think he's going to come in hot, refreshed. I think he's going to shoot his iron games lights out. I think he's going to get it done. So I think he's going to be a serious contender, maybe, you know, top 10. Um, really get me up there in scoring, maybe even a top five. I just want him to do really well. That's all I need him for. Next in the lineup, Davis Riley, buddy of Will Zally. We talked about him earlier. He's hungry. He's got a little bit to prove. I think he wants to prove it. I think this is his moment. I think he plays great golf on courses that are difficult. I think he knows how to present a challenge. His approach is amazing. His putting is great. You know, what more can I say? Got to show a little love here. My next one coming in hot, Shane Lowry. Brendan Lawson, I'll agree with you there on a little Shane Lowry. He's been in the lineup. He's just got everything you need for this course, like Brendan said. I don't really need to say anything more. Sunjay M., Throwing my boy out. He's in my line this week. Need that power. Need that putting. Just got to give him a little bit of, uh, uh, you know. I think he's ready for it. I think the big man's ready to play. And he's fucking, you know, in his mid-20s, baby. He's rocking and rolling. He don't care. He's coming out here to play. He's swinging clubs. He's ready to win. He's hungry. okay? Hungry. Let the man eat. He's got- a golfer. Yeah, he's a golfer, okay? He plays golf. And then my little dark horse here, Russell Henley. A name we haven't talked about in a little bit, but I think Russell Henley's a solid pick for this course. I think he plays really well in majors. I think he has the skill to apply that mindset to that pressure that we were talking about, and I think he's really going to kind of pull himself away from the field in using that mental game. I mean, he does well in big pressure moments. I think that's going to be enough for him. I think he's just going to be able to handle it from that alone. Yeah, he's great on approach, too. Great on approach. Second on tour, so that's a, that's a nice call there, sure. Yeah, I, I like that pick, and I like that call. And then for my winner, somebody we've all shared with, Matt Fitzpatrick. 
I'm oh, going for it again. Wow, I love I'm that. throwing the bait out there again. I know I've called him as a winner a few times this year. I've been wrong, but this week I think I'm right. I think the history on this course, I think what we talked about with the diligence of his note-taking, the diligence of how he studies the course, of how he breaks every hole down, every pin position. He knows more than the caddy he's playing with. You know, I, I think he's just such an intelligent, educational golfer. He's like the LeBron James of golf. I think he knows everything. He has such good vision of the course. And since he already won here at a young age under a lot of pressure anyway, I think it'll be nothing for him to just go out there and get it done. So as long as he can keep his game consistent, I think I think Matt Fitzpatrick is a is the shoe-in winner. That's just my hot take. Call it as it is, but that's it. I'm saying it. I like it, man. Matt Fitzpatrick. I, I that was that was that was my debate between uh Fitzy and, and Fat Lowry. That was it. Some honorable mentions though. I mean, Brendan, who's some honorable mentions you would throw out there? Well, I feel like we'd we'd have to just call out John Rahm, uh, whether you think he'll, he'll have an opportunity to win or not this this year. I mean, he's the defending champion, so I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention him. But a guy that I think is kind of a sleeper in that 9,000K range, Xander Shoffley. This dude has been top 10, top 15, maybe in five straight U.S. Opens, I believe. Something ridiculous like that. He's playing really good golf. He's ninth and uh, strokes gain total. So I think uh, he'll kind of get lost in between, you know, guys like Spieth, Zalatoris, Pavlin, Morikawa, but I think he could be a really good value pick within that range. I don't know if you guys have any other call-outs you'd like. Yeah, I didn't really pick any kind of, like, sleeper-sleeper. You know, it's going to be straightforward tournament. It's going to be good golfers out there. Same. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't care. Like, I don't give a shit to talk about any other golfers because I know how on point we are this week, and I know how good our picks are, so I don't want to talk about any other shit. And you're fresh golfers. off of a win. Yeah, and I'm fresh off a win. I'm feeling confident. I don't need anybody else's bullshit-ass advice. Yeah. I got my own shit. I'm You're in, in your lane. Yo, I'm in is, my lane. This is so. Uh, this is a little random, but I, I, I'll throw it out there because you're talking about your win last week. Did you see that uh, Wyndham Clark missed out qualifying for the U.S. Open because he double-bogeyed 18? All he had to do Ouch. was par, mm. and he, and he would have got the last spot. Yep. That hurts. Yep. Our boy, Doug Gim, too, did not qualify for the U.S. Open, but it's okay because we're going to fucking hit him hard next week, Doug. You don't worry oh, about it, buddy. Man. We got your back. We love Doug. We love Doug. wish him the best. Doug, Doug, you played well for me last week, though. Respect. Respect to Doug yeah. Gim. Shout out to Doug Gim. Giving Brendan some love last week in the lineup. Our boy. Respect. Mr. Gim. Love you, buddy. Well, that's another episode of Good Lines Golf, and we hope you guys enjoy the tournament this weekend. Make sure to catch it on ESPN, and then catch the rest of it on national television. And if you're too weird and don't have national television, then I don't know, man. Go to a bar. Go watch it somewhere. Get a life. I don't know. Stop bothering me. Cheers. <laughs>